0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. We're so glad that you're here to worship with us today. And I'm wrapping up the series called Everyday Missionary. And you'll see on the front of your program, you should have gotten one if you didn't, and you need one, raise your hand, and we'll have an usher get one to you. But you'll see a pair of shoes. And we're talking throughout this series of what it means to to be a missionary. And I wanna just start off by... Uh, kind of defining some terms, because I think when we hear the idea of a missionary, there's different pictures that come to our mind. Uh, A picture of somebody that looks a certain way that goes to somewhere. But usually it's not here, it's not now, and it doesn't involve us. But in this series, we're looking at, for anyone who's decided to follow Jesus, he has actually called you into this new life. And this new life is one as a missionary. And as you dig into the Scriptures, a missionary is somebody who is sent, you are sent from Jesus Christ to go into your world to proclaim the difference that he's made uh, in your life. And so I wanna start today talking about this idea of a team effort, and I wanna do that by introducing some teams of people that have actually come here today uh, to help us with our sports camp. Like Joel mentioned, we are doing our, our biggest outreach that we've ever done as a church. This past February, we had our grand opening And on our heart has always been to be a blessing to this city of Fontana. Uh, We want to meet people, we want to help people, we want to serve people, and we want to love them. And one of the ways we're doing that is this next week, we want to bring kids and show them the greatest week of their lives. I kind of oversold that. I I hope it will be good. We just hope they're going to have fun, okay? But what we want to do is we want to bless families by blessing their kids and by teaching them and giving away prizes and things that just kids love. And then for parents, we wanna give them space where their kids can run around but also meet other parents. And so for us to do this as a new church, uh, we, just, we just don't have enough people to pull this off in a way that's gonna bless really the hundreds of people that, that we wanna impact. And so uh, I have two teams here uh, that I'd like to introduce to you today. And so if you're from the Grove Church from Kansas City, if you could stand up, we'd like to welcome you guys you. Thank you. This is uh, Christian Williams. Christian, raise your hand. Christian uh, is a longtime friend of mine, and uh, he's a pastor in Kansas City leading a church that's been around about three years. And so they're doing similar things. They're just a little bit further down the road from when they started. But he and his team flew out here yesterday, and they've given up a week of their work to help us. So thank you guys for doing that. Uh, the second team we have Is an Antioch uh, team that's the training program that we have as a network of churches. And we're part of the 176 network, which is a network of churches that have started from Hope Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And it began with this how do we help people learn biblical values and live them out in everyday life? And from that one church in Hope, many churches have been started. And we've come out of a church that was started. And we have a team here today that's a part of this training program that's learning how do we help live out the values in our own life? How do we help each other do that? And then how do we lead people to do that as well? And so if you're from the Antioch team, if you could uh, stand up, we'd like to welcome you here as well. Thank you. And uh, what this team has done is they're, they're local um, from Huntington Beach at Seabreeze Church, to Riverside Orange Crest Community Church, and in Ontario with Church in the Valley. And all these churches have supported Ridgeview Church uh, from the beginning. Uh, They've supported us by giving financially to us to get this church started. They've supported by sending people uh, back in October when we had our first service. And then they're supporting us now by sending this team of people who are gonna help us pull off this event. And so we're so glad that you guys are here. And as I've told them, uh, they really represent Ridgeview Church. And so they've expanded our effort uh, this next, next week, and so if you not had a chance to meet them, I encourage you after service uh, to do that. But today, we're talking about this team effort of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Now, if you're investigating Christianity, uh, you may have some questions. What, what does it mean for me to follow Jesus in everyday life? Uh, what is it going to cost me? How will my life uh, be different if, if I decide to do that? And there's a lot of thoughts and questions that you may have, and that's really important because you need to count the cost before you follow Jesus so you know what you're getting into. Uh, if you are a Christ follower and you've walked with Jesus a while, I hope that today will give you just some more insight of the life that he's called you to. And if you're still, again, investigating, I hope this provides more context and you'll know like, okay, this is this is what I'm gonna be a part of. It's this and it's not that. And so wherever you are, I hope today will provide uh, some clarity. But I wanna start, by recapping where I've talked about so far in the series. And so we kick this off talking about that idea that a missionary is being someone who is sent, but specifically they're sent and they're entrusted with the secret things of God. God is, is not us. I think we could all agree with that. He's, he's greater. Uh, he's existed before time. He will exist after time. So he's eternal. And he just has insight and understanding that, that we don't have. Yet in the scriptures... He has given us how life really works, reality, how relationships work, how finances work, how we're supposed to work itself. And and he's unfolded these things in the scriptures and these secrets, not everybody knows. In fact, some of the time they they flow counterintuitively. They're not exactly what we natively think. They're not what we natively do. When you decide to follow Christ and you get into the scriptures, these secrets that you might not have understood before all of a sudden they begin to, to make sense. And your eyes have been opened. If you've ever read the scriptures, there's sometimes times where you're just, I don't understand how to pronounce that name and I don't know the city that that person's from and it can be really hard to track. But if you ever read the scriptures and all of a sudden it seems like this light bulb gets turned on to you and all of a sudden you see something and, and it speaks to exactly your experience or it calls you forward in a way that you understand that you didn't know before. And that that's what God does. He leads us in a way through his word And he's entrusted us to tell the truth in love to those around us. And that's what an everyday missionary is sent with, the secrets of God that he wants people to know. Uh, The second week, last week, talked about perspective that's important as an everyday missionary and talked about how all of us tend to think in us versus them. We have our own people, our own things that we're comfortable with, our own experiences, And we can tend to fortify our lives by the people that make us comfortable, the people that are like us. That could be in our family. That could be within our workplace, however we do that. But when you decide to follow Jesus, you're called to not just exist within the confines of what makes you comfortable or what makes you convenient or what feels convenient, but you're actually called to bridge the distance that exists between you and others. So an everyday missionary is looking, how can I connect to this person? They may not look like me. They may not talk like me. They may not think like me. But Jesus loves them. And at this moment in time, he's placed me in their path. So how can I be a bridge instead of a wall to these people? And that's what an everyday missionary does. So all of this, if if you're just here and you haven't heard the other two weeks, you can also listen online at ridgeviewchurch.com. But some of the time when you hear this, it can just be overwhelming. But what we're going to talk about today is, most of the time, it's it's minor shifts that we can make in our mind, in our thinking, minor shifts that we can make in our attitude, and God comes alongside us uh, to help us. And so, I want to recap kind of the the perspective of an everyday missionary and what we've been called into. And so, you'll see this uh, on the screen. An everyday missionary is a witness to the world. Now, we don't use the word witness often. Um, I grew up in church, like old school church, and. And you were supposed to go witnessing. If you grew up in church, you might have heard of that as well. Uh, we don't use that, that word as much anymore. But it comes from the scripture, like we are supposed to be these witnesses, like a witness in a court case is brought up to the stand. And what do they do? They testify to what they have seen and what they have heard. And when you follow Jesus, you get to see and you get to hear and you get to experience all sorts of things of God coming through. So what God wants you to do is he wants you to pay attention to the difference that he makes in your life. He wants you to pay attention to the difference that you see in the lives of others because you are a witness that can testify to what he's doing as somebody gives their life to him. So it's testify of the difference that Jesus makes in a life. So we're supposed to be a, a witness to the world. And we, we read this last week, but I want to uh, recap it again. In Acts one eight, it says this but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be, notice that word, witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is this directive given to God's people. It was given to the first century church, to the followers of Jesus. You're gonna be the witnesses of what you've seen Jesus do. Not only the life that he lived, the fact that he was crucified and he rose again, you're gonna be the witnesses of that. You're also gonna be the witnesses of what he's doing in this early church as Christianity is getting started. So paying attention. But this directive to them is actually the same directive for us that he wants us to witness, but we just change those cities because we don't live there. But the idea is we're supposed to be a witness right here and right now where we are in the cities in which we live. The local area where we do our life, the neighborhoods we live in, the workplace that we have our job. He wants us to be witnesses there. And then it expands beyond that to Southern California. Then it expands beyond that to the United States. And then it expands beyond that to this idea of he wants us wherever we go. If we're on the other end of the earth, we can be witnesses to what God has done and what we have seen and what we have heard. Now, if you hear this, this kind of feels a little intense. Like, I don't want to be in front of people telling anyone about anything. And we, we live in that world where that, that's kind of the norm. And so if, the, if, if you feel that rising in you, that, that's actually normal. But in this scripture, the thing that gives me the most encouragement is the beginning, but you will receive what? Power. A missionary is someone who is sent. If you're a Christian, you are a missionary. It's actually not something you elect in or out of. It's who you are. It's your identity. But the best part about it is you don't do that in your own power. You do that in the power given to you by God himself. And so when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes inside you, and you now live with a new power that you have not had. And you have resources before that you have never had. And you can live this life as a witness based on the new life that you have in Jesus Christ. Acts 13.47 extends this thought some more so the Lord has commanded us, so the us is followers of Christ. So he's commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So here you get the sense of it's local, it's local here to this Gentiles. And so the early church was started by many Jews, and the Jews were God's chosen people. But on Christ's heart was always this expansion that the good news would extend beyond the Jewish people to everybody. And we're here today because that is true. It expanded not only to the Gentiles, but to the last part, to the ends of the earth. And so part of what we're seeing here and what we experience right now, becoming a Christian in Fontana in Southern California is because of what God did back in the first century with a group of people. It changed the world. How did it change the world? Well, we have a church here in this city that would not have happened if people hadn't have been witnesses shining the light of Jesus in the middle of darkness. So I want to just help you connect that dot. Like we are a part of something that started a couple thousand years ago that continues with us today. And they were witnesses then. And we are witnesses now building on the work that they have done. So, when you decide to become a Christian, the reason it's a team effort is you're here and you can follow Jesus because of what he's done through the centuries through people. And we extend that on. And so, by the work that we do here and now, may God allow the generations that come after us to continue with the light in the darkness for years to come. So, we are witnesses. Uh, The next idea is we are witnesses as we choose to invest and invite in others. So, here. You may have heard this before if you've been around Ridgeview, but our strategy, one of the key strategies is to invest and invite in others. Uh, We want to be a church that connects to people, that loves people, that invites people, and we want to have relationships that will bless people. That's a part of of our main thing. But we don't use that word witness, so so we kind of translate this idea of witnessing as we're people that invest. We make an investment. We make time for people. And then we're also people that invite people. We don't want people to feel like they have to invite themselves. Have you ever ever done that? Like there's a party going on and you kind of knew about it and you know that these people are going and you wanna ask them what they're doing at that night just so they have to tell you? Anybody? I hope you're laughing because you've done that and that's just not me and you're really freaked out right now. But right, it's like you you find out something's going on. You're like, so what what are you guys doing Thursday? And you're like giving them a test, like, are you going to tell me that you're going to the best party you've ever been to and I'm not invited? Isn't that one of the worst feelings? To know something is happening that, that you're not a part of it, it, it kind of puts a little pit in your stomach. And this kind of reminds me of like, you know, growing up, like junior high and high school, but as an adult, no, no one wants to be left out. And so the things that we do as a church, the events that we do, as a church, our services that we do, we want to be inviting people too. They don't need a special invitation. They just need to know, and we want to let them know. And so we are witnesses as we choose to invest and invite. And I want to talk about uh, just some practical ways that this happens, and there's there's three things. So how to invest and invite. Here's the first one. Uh, we show. So this is the idea that you, when you decide to follow Jesus, he's going to, work in your life from the inside out, and he begins to change you as you get into the scriptures and as, as you pray. He's going to be going to change you as, as you get around other Christians who encourage you and challenge you, and they live differently, and, and begins to change you on the inside, and what's on the inside begins to come out. And so a big part of the Christian life is just living like a Christian. You know what? That, that's actually really difficult. It's like when you tell your kids, can you please keep it down? And you're yelling at them. You ever done that? I want you to show me, but don't look at me. It's like, you know, do what I say, not what I do. And in things of faith, it's very similar. Hear what I'm saying, but just be careful what day you look at me, depending on how my day's been going. But a big part of the Christian life is showing people the love of Jesus. The way that that you're gracious, if you're in a work situation, the the way that you're gracious with your coworkers when they ask you something, and maybe they've asked you before and you've told them, and you're just like, "I've, it's in the drawer." That happens, right? It, it, It you know it can happen with coworkers. We get frustrated. It can happen with our kids whom we love. We can snap at them. It can happen with our spouse. And I'll just be real. Have you, you ever been in a conversation with your spouse if you're married and you ask them a question and you just get the sense like not everything's right? What's wrong? Nothing. Really? Because it felt like that was. And then you just kind of, are you sure? Everything's great. And that that's that's in the. You know, listen to my words, but don't see my actions. And, and that's normal. We we have struggles. But a Christ follower, you're always looking at how how is my life, the way I'm living, uh, showing this, this light. That's that picture of light. Recently, I totally screwed up. And when I say recently, I mean uh, Thursday of this last week. And I'm going to tell you this story. Um, it's something I'm not proud of, but it, it happens. And I was... I was hangry. You know, when you're hungry, but it's like beyond hunger, you're kind of frustrated and angry, and I was hangry. And I went to Panda Express, and I was actually picking up food for a team of Ridgeview people who were helping with prizes for, for sports camp. And i have been to this Panda Express and actually asked if they would donate to sports camp and dropped off flyers that they could pass out to sports camp. And I'm waiting for this order, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting And something God's showing me is I'm just I'm really not as patient as I need to be. I'm I'm not. It's something He's He's showing me. And I'm also not as gracious, and usually those are together. Because if you're not patient, most of the time you don't want to be gracious because they're wasting your time. And so I I ordered this and they put my food in the tray for some of it was an order, but the rest of it wasn't ready. And I start looking at some of the food, I'm like, that food's gonna get cold. Why is it why is it not ready? So I brought up like, hey. I think that food's going to come. We'll put it under the lamp. I don't want it under the lamp. All the stuff, you know, I'm just being real. This stuff's all going on in my head. Like, I want it under the lamp. I want you to put it back in there. Give it to somebody else. Give me the fresh stuff, you know. And the, I'm just waiting more and more on the food, and it's not coming. And they gave me this, this cup for a free drink. And I, I took the cup, and I was like, I don't want your free drink. I want a free food, you know. I, I had in my mind... And maybe gift cards for later. You know, like I, I felt like they had wronged me. And I, what I was, and, and here, here's the part I haven't said yet. My 10-year-old son is with me. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. And, and I'm, I'm getting so frustrated. And I've met the manager, and, and he's back there. And he's cooking the food. And I'm just waiting. I've drunk my soda. And I'm like, do I get a refill? And I don't even want a refill. Just out of spite, I don't want to get their little gift again. And so I'm I'm getting super frustrated, and I just finally decided, like, I'm going to say something. So I knew his name, and I just called him out, and he's in the back row cooking. I said, hey, this took too long, too long. And I I think I'm I'm even like, you know, one of these things. And I I had this thought, and I'm just full confession. I had my hat on, and I thought, maybe he won't know it's me the pastor. <laughs> I really had that thought, like, well, I wonder if I'm in disguise a little bit. Because I had the thought, like, oh. I, and the workers, you know, workers, they were getting a little like, oh. <laughs> he wants you. He wants, you know, and, and it was just terrible dynamics. So I get the food. I, I leave. And I, I felt justified for a few hours. You know, like when you do it and you kind of let somebody have it, and you're like, I just have to vent. I just have to get that out. Whatever was inside, I had to get out to you so you understood. And so for a while, I felt justified, like it took too long. And then that night, that justification began to dissipate, and God began to get my attention. And what he said was, you blew it. You called out that manager in front of his employees, and you humiliated him. And sometimes, like, when God gets a hold of you like that, you, you then begin to justify it to God. I, I was hangry, God. I really wanted that chow mein, you know. And I was just wrestling with it. And then I, I just realized, like, I, I've got a mess. I have a mess with my son because I set the wrong example. I have a mess with the manager of the store because I snapped at him. I have a mess with all the workers that are there trying to just come up with this, how awkward this is because I'm pointing at my watch and making a scene. And so yesterday, I had to go back to the Panda Express because of this, because my job is to show. So here's the good news. If you're like me and you mess up, you're normal. So part of showing is when you mess up, make it right. And you don't know, God will use that in the lives of people. If you mess up with your kids, One of the best ways that you can show Jesus in you is telling them that you messed up. Isn't that so hard because it's your kid? But do you know your kid already knows? They actually already know that you've messed up. Kids have a great intuition on that. Why? Because you're telling them the right thing all the time. And then when you mess up, they're like, (laughs) you know, they're, they're really paying attention then. And so I had to go to my son, and I, and I, and I just said, you know, I, I blew it. And you know what? I said, I have to go back to Panda Express. And my son just said, oh. <laughs> I was like, that's what I feel. And so I went, and, and I, I told him, I, I said, and I asked the employee. They got him, and I said, I, I completely blew it. I humiliated you in front of your employees, and I called you out, and I, I could have been patient, and I didn't. And you know what? He was so gracious with me. He's given me a five and he's like, you know what? If you have any idea, like he was asking for feedback in that moment. I didn't give it because it was still a little raw. But um, <laughs> I, had, I still had my list. I hadn't burnt the list yet. But, um, and then to the employees, the, the same gal was there that I had like kind of been rude to as well. And so, so all, all this to say, I am a prime example of screwing up. But when I know it, I always tried to get to that point where God helped me to make it right because the showing leads to the next thing, and it's this. How to invest a invite. We need to show the difference, but then we need to tell people why we're like that. So here, here's why I needed to make it right with those people because how can I represent Christ well and Ridgeview well and Jesus well if what I'm saying with my words does not match my life? Like I've done a disservice to the kingdom of God. And so the reason telling is so important is people can see your life and they can draw conclusions about why you speak like you do, why you act like you do. People are wondering about all your life right now because you're here on a Sunday morning. They're trying to figure out, well, you go to church. And so they're drawing conclusions. Why do you go to church? But they don't know why. It may be because they were guilted and pressured. And so they're thinking you're here because you were guilted and pressured. So there's always a place in which our lives are showing, but we have to tell, and here's why. When we show only, it's, it's not this, this portrait that the picture is completely clear. It's more like a connect the dot diagram. It's rough. It's, you know There's lines, but not all the pieces are connected. So when you tell people why you do what you do, and when you tell people the difference that Jesus made in your life, and when you, you tell people that you need to make things right because that's what God's called you to, and you've been given grace, and you're forgiven, even though you still screw up, you, you're a forgiven person. Like Those dots begin to connect. And so we're always to be showing, but then we, we're also supposed to be telling, pointing people to those secrets of God. The fact that, that God's not okay, but because of Jesus, we can have a relationship with him again. Despite the fact that we've we've sinned and we've gone our own way, we can repent and turn back. People need to know that. They can't just intuit that from seeing your life. They can look at nature and know that God exists, but they don't know the difference that Jesus wants to make in their life by just looking at creation. They need to be told. And then the, the last thing is how to invest and invite involves bringing people. There's people that need to come and see the church in action. They need to experience it. They need to see that this is real. So all this is happening as a part of an everyday missionary. I'm a witness, and as a witness, I invest and invite. And as I invest and I invite, I'm always showing through my life. As I'm showing, I need to tell. Now, if you're like me, isn't there like, okay, I'm okay to show But as soon as you gotta open your mouth and use words, isn't that like, I have to actually tell people the truth? Well, yeah, that's what a missionary does. And then that idea of bringing it. This is not our territory, our world. We wanna bring people into this church so they can experience love. They can experience healthy relationships. So show, tell, and bring. Now, I wanna switch gears into what this means as the team effort, uh, because that's what we're talking about today, And so the team effort is this idea, like, all this is true, the the showing, the telling, the bringing, but again, this is not meant to be lived alone. And this is, I think, one of the greatest strengths of Christianity is because this is not this private relationship. Now, it is personal. When you decide to follow Jesus, it is a personal relationship that you have, but it's not private You're not supposed to just lock yourself in your room and study the Bible for hours and hours and hours, go to bed and then wake up and do the same. You actually are sent and are joined forces with a group of people and your life now becomes bigger than it was. You literally enter a family that's bigger than than your family. It's just this family of God that you become a part of. And so I wanna just highlight some things in the scripture uh, of of this example of how this works. And so you, you'll see this on the program. I'm just gonna highlight this, but investing and inviting, it, it's multiplied uh, as we, we team with others. And so you see this pattern in the scripture. And the reason I'm, I'm pointing this out is I do want you to know that you're a part of something that has existed even before you were born. That actually gives us security because God's kingdom is gonna go on and grow with or without us. But God is calling us to be a part of it, the greatest movement in the history of the entire earth. Now, I may have overselled sports camp, but I cannot oversell that because that's the truth. And it's happened since the beginning of time. But here's, here's, a, here's a summary of how it worked in, in the New Testament. Uh, Here's some examples. If you could just throw all those bullets up there. Um, The 70, this is people that were commissioned by Jesus to go out and tell them about Jesus and the difference that he makes in a life. Uh, This was like the first mission trip ever. The 70 went, you know, they went two by two and they they prayed and and Jesus sent them out. Um, Peter and John, you'll see up there at the top in Acts 3 and 4, uh, they were a team together. They weren't sent by themselves. Now, each of us are in our own world. We're in our workplaces. We're in our neighborhood. But there's always the sense of you are not alone. God sends you as a missionary, and this is what the church is. We're together in this. We are missionaries together. Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark. This was a part of Paul's first missionary trip. Uh, it wasn't just one person and one team, it was this combined effort. Paul and Silas, Barnabas, and John Mark. This is in Acts 15. Uh, there was encouragement, intensity, trials, but the team came together to, to go tell people about Jesus. Uh, Paul and Timothy, they're at the bottom corner. You see this partnership throughout the New Testament. Churches got started because of these two men. They teamed together. But not only did they team just the two of them, they had teams that were teaming with them. And so they were part of something greater. And then Paul sending Epaphroditus in Philippians too. And it's the same for us today. The reason I introduced those teams is because these are people that have teamed with us. And they're here because they're a part of the team. They they have an investment in what we're doing. So as a church, we're not alone. That's an encouragement. The second thing is as a person, we're not alone. Because in this room, when you become a part of this church, in this room, you now have a web of relationships that support the weight of your life. You're a part of something that you're not just going to be dangled off by yourself. You're You have the support system, and that's what the church is designed to be, a group of missionaries sent out together to love and encourage and accomplish the mission God has for us. Uh, Here's the value. I want to go through this quickly. This is the value of a team effort. Really, it's the value of not being alone. And I think one of the things we all need is just that, that, that pull of it's sometimes easier to isolate, and it's sometimes easier to pull back from others. Because we get concerned. What if people see the real me? Well, answer that. Well, what if? Like, what what if they do? If they see the real you and they still love and accept you, isn't that the greatest gift you've ever been given? That's what the church is designed to do. We don't have to fake it, and we don't have to appear like we're perfect. But we mess up. We have our blemishes. We have our things that we say that we shouldn't have and things that we do that we shouldn't have. But we can forgive each other and we can encourage each other. So even at our worst, God still works. And here's some of the value of not being isolated. The first is a prayer support. A life is hard. I think you would all agree with that. It has a lot of pressures to it. Then you add this component of being a witness and sending out to the places God has you as your life intersects. And that gets more complicated. It's like, how am I gonna get everything done? And God works it out and there's just all these things that happen. But here's the deal. I think so many of us, including myself, we face a lot of fear. Fear is this just great crippler of life. It just slows us down. It's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of what people think about us. It's the fear of how people view us. It's our fear of how God sees us and we can get crippled. But what prayer support does is the church comes together, and when they pray, the power of God comes in, and, and fear begins to, to fade away. It's still an issue, but prayer greatly makes a difference as we face fear, specifically as we try to share with others. Check out this verse in uh, Colossians 4. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. I really I really like this because I think one of the things I run into the most when we talk about being an everyday missionary and that idea of telling, okay, I'll show, I'll show, I'll show. But if I have to tell, have you ever had the thought, I don't know what to say? You ever had that thought? And you, it's like, you're gonna open the mouth and be like, Christian, me, happy, like Tarzan, you know? Like, that's our fear. Like, it's not even going to make sense. People are like, thanks for sharing. But did you know, you, for the most part, that, again, that's, that's fear. You guys know how to talk to people because you do it every day. And if God's working in your life, all you got to do is just explain that. And even if you don't know what to say, it's like, God's working in my life, really? Yeah. How? I don't know, my pastor just said to say that, and I haven't thought beyond that part yet. Even if you said that, it would be like, man, you're real. Tell me more, right? But so it's, it starts with this, this idea, but make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. We, we actually are supposed to speak clearly to people, but it's not a class that you take. Now, you can get training, and, and we're going to provide you know, as time goes on, we want to help you learn how to share your faith. But, but more than anything, it's, it's prayer that helps us. It provides the opportunities, and then it's the words to speak. We think we're going to open up, and, but what God does is he in our heart begins to work. And there's words that we can say that we didn't even, that God just helped us. And he does that. The second uh, is encouragement. This is a, a powerful verse, Philippians 1.14. This is Paul writing at this time, and he was in prison for his faith. He had showed, and he had told. He had brought people, and because of that in the time, he, he got arrested for his faith. So he was an everyday missionary that actually got arrested. So, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. There's that fear again. Fear comes up. But what gave them the courage It was Paul in prison that despite his imprisonment, still shared with people the difference that Jesus made. And so by his example of boldness, it gave people more courage. And so you never know how God will use you to encourage others. When you step out to invite people to church, when you step out to love people, when you step out to serve, people are watching you and you never know how God will use you to encourage others to do the same. And that's another value. And then the third is the message in, is reinforced by the witness of the body. The church, uh, one of the analogies in the scriptures is we're a body where there's different parts, but we're all connected together. And in this, this body, we, we all have this vital role, and that makes us function, and we can move forward, and we can walk together. And there's movement, and the elbow and the hand are connected to the shoulder and the arm, and it's all connected. And that's what God does is he has experiences that you have He's given you a personality. He's given you strengths, and he's given you weaknesses. And then he's given others in the church the same thing. And what happens is he just he brings this, this body of people together that functions, that moves. And as a church, people are watching us. So this next week at sports camp, people are going to watch and see what is Ridgeview Church all about? How do they treat people? How do they handle stress? How do they handle the unexpected? And if people can see that we're gracious and patient, oh, Lord, may it be. Because as I've explained, I need that. But as people see that, there's something that people take a step back and see, God, God's working. There's something different about that church. There's something different about that group of people. And that's not anything about us. That's God working in us. And so the witness of the body, it's this idea. People are seeing this group of people, and they see a similar thing. And they're trying to make a connection. Why is that? And our resounding answer would be, it's because of Jesus and the difference that he's made. So that is the value. There's prayer support. There's encouragement. And then the witness of the body, Acts 4.13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, again, that courage, and perceived that they were uneducated, they no formal training, but listen to this, common men. So, you know, we begin to categorize, like, I can't do it. I don't have any special skills. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And then you read the scriptures, like they were uneducated and they were common. there was nothing special about them. But the rest gives us the answer. They were astonished. So it was counterintuitive. But look what they noticed. And they were recognized that they had what? They had been with Jesus. That's my prayer for our church. That's my prayer for us this next week. That God would allow us to be a body and a group of people that live differently, that speak differently, that love people differently. And we don't point to us, but we point to the difference that Jesus has made. And so I want to wrap up by just highlighting some things that we've been talking about in this series. This is kind of a summary. And as I do that, go ahead and pull out your connection card. I'm going to invite the band up, and I'm going to walk through some, some next steps that you can take. Like Joel mentioned, these are Some things that you can apply uh, this next uh, week into your life. But here's a summary, and you'll you'll see it up on the screen. So finish filling out that connection card, and then I'm going to get to the next steps. So here's where we started. God sends me as an everyday missionary in my circle of friendships and family relationships. If you decide to follow Christ, you are a missionary. That's part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is who you are. And he sends you to your circle of of relationships. Here's a key question that's a part of that. Since that's true, how can I build bridges and not walls? So that's what he's doing is as he's sending you, the, the way he sends you is you're walking into the lives of people on these bridges that he extends. And so you're always wanting to think, how can I build those bridges? And you do that by loving people, by serving people, and by sharing what we've talked about. The next question who can I team with as I invest and invite? So how can I do this so I'm not alone, so I can get the prayer support, so I can get the encouragement, so I can be a part of this, this witness of the church working? And so here, here at Ridgeview, no matter how many weeks you've been, we want you to know you're welcome here and you can be a part of the team for what God's doing. In fact, you have a front row seat on the beginning of God working. And we want to welcome you into that. And then the last, and this is kind of a big, big picture, is how could God use Ridgeview Church in the next 30 days to bring hope to our community? Another way to say that is how could God use you? And if you're a part of this church, you're connecting it. But how could God use you to bring hope to the people you live near, people that you work with, the people that you, you relate to? So that's, that's a summary. And then here's the next steps. First thing. Pray for sports camp. We we have right now 67 kids signed up for sports camp. Thank you, Lord. We have 15 kids a part of this church. So if you do the math, there's a lot of kids that are not part of this church that are going to be a part of sports camp that we're going to get to show a great time to. So pray for sports camp that people will have an experience that will point them to, to something about our church and something about Jesus ultimately. Pray for all the logistics. As it comes to mind this week, just pray. Be with the team. If, if you know nothing, I'll say, God, be with the team. God, help kids to have fun. You could pray something just like that. So if you could, that would be awesome. The next next step is this. Invite the person, you write right there, to an event that we have. We have Ridgeview at the Park the next two weeks. That's gonna be fun as we close out summer. Is there a neighbor that you know, like, they may not come to church, but they'll, they like parks. I mean, tell them it's a church so they don't come. They're like, wait a second. I thought this was a family gathering. It is. This, this is my extended family, my spiritual family. You know, Okay, it just got weird. I apologize. But, you know, tell them, but they, they might come. You don't know. Or a meetup or, or church, where, wherever the person is. So here's the thing. There's a blank name. I can't fill that blank name in for you. You have to do that. But think about it. Is there somebody that that, that could happen? So as you write those down, um, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to receive the offering, and you can drop that connection card uh, in there. So let, let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of the greatest movement in the history of the earth. When we decide to follow you, we now enter a kingdom that is beyond the here and now, and it's the kingdom of light that saves people from darkness. And it's a kingdom that's rooted in, in love and power that comes from you. And so we don't have to do this on our own effort. We don't have to do this alone. You have called us into your spiritual family. So if there's anyone here today that has not decided to follow you, and they're investigating, God, I pray that you will soften their heart and you will draw them to want to be a part of the family of God. I also pray for sports camp. I pray that more kids will sign up. I ask that if there's just some families that have seen some invitations, seen some flowers, that you will allow them to remember and that they'll sign up today. We pray that more kids will come and sign up tomorrow as we get started. God, help us to love people this next week, to serve them, to extend ourselves for your kingdom. And we need your help. We need your endurance and we need your power. And we ask this in the name of your son, amen.